Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. For sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your pants, folks. What's up, everybody? Josh with Clearing Waivers Podcast coming at you for another episode of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Been a little while since I've seen you, uh, and, and it's been a while since you've seen us. We, uh, we appreciate you stopping by for this week's episode. Uh, tonight, we've got to talk about those red-hot Royals that just can't stop running, can't stop scoring <laughs> runs, can't stop winning games. It is just an absolute bloodbath every time they come out to the ballpark. Uh, so we're pumped up to talk about them. Uh, certainly not at all cold on this team. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit with clearing the waivers. And then uh, we've got some shenanigans, some old school shenanigans. This is going to be kind of an OG episode uh, for what we've got planned for you tonight. And speaking of OG episode, we've got a returning host. Haven't seen his beautiful face in a while or heard his sultry tone voice. Uh, Rance <laughs> is back. Rance, how, uh, how's your time away from the podcast been, man? It's been all right. Like I said, my wife has been working at double time. So it's just been me and, and the little one quite a bit. Uh, I'm out of school and that's, that's big. So yeah. had a lot of <laughs> sure. downtime and uh, mm-hmm. just enjoying a little bit of the summer break until yep. August until I'm back at it. So, well, uh, the listeners have all wondered where, where you've been. Um, oh, so I'm sure they've been clamoring, clamoring for my clamoring return. Is the right, is the right word. <laughs> they're wanting, they're wanting Rance's Royal stakes because we haven't really got any since, uh, since spring training was probably, uh, yeah, that's probably right. Spring training. Yep. And I think, uh, right, I, I feel good about my over-under on wins at this point, too. What, what was it, 60? <laughs> oh, no, I wanted to say like 74 or something, yeah. I think. Like you're, probably, you're probably pretty safe on that. I can't – I know Brian and I were pretty high on that, and I can't remember where Kitty was, but I'm pretty sure it was also in the basement with you. I'd say we don't need to revisit those. Same, well, we were probably in the same – ballpark yeah ballpark because right. we're always low on the royals a lot sure. of season left <laughs> super yeah don't let them get hot in august and september that's the mo here that's what they do <laughs> yeah well uh, without with that i mean that's a perfect transition to get into the uh, uh clearing the waivers here so let's uh let's go ahead and do that we're clearing the waivers like we talked about, we haven't been in, a, in your ears or in your eyeballs for the last couple of weeks, uh, had a good vacation ourselves, and uh, well, the wheels fell off of the Royals wagon. Um, it's been tough to watch. We did catch a lot of games while we were on vacation. We vacationed together, so there's plenty of commentary and uh, notes that we took in the meantime, but uh, it has been brutal, to, to say the least. 
so we've kind of got one takeaway from each of us that we've kind of gone over the last two weeks um, to kind of go over tonight and rant since your triumphant return has uh, has uh, blessed us this week. Why don't you lead us off in the uh, what's your main takeaway from the last two weeks of Royals baseball? I think my my main takeaway, it, and it's not just in two weeks. I mean, it's been over the past month, I think, is the starting rotation to me. I mean, I was looking at a lot of the numbers today and you know, as bad as the Royals offense has been at times, after you look at the stats, I mean, they rank, you know, in the teens, low 20s in a lot of categories. So it's not great, but it's not horrible. I mean, they're in the top 10 and average. I mean, they're, their offense, I feel like, is a lot better than what their rotation has, has been. And when I look at that rotation, I see, you know, their bottom three in the league in strikeouts. They're top three in the league in base on balls. They're top uh, five in the league in ERA. Uh, you know, their, their starters are allowing a ton of hits. Like I, I looked today, you know, Brad Keller had pitched 76 innings and has allowed over 100 hits, and that's before his start today. Um, yeah. The walks mean, have ugh. been a huge issue for the entire yes. walks. The, the walks yeah. have been a huge issue. You know, I, I feel just like the regression of some of the starters. You know, Keller is nearing an ERA of uh, almost seven. Seven, yeah. Um, you know, singers climbing up to, to being close to five. He, he's after I looked at him, he, he wasn't as bad as maybe as I thought, maybe, you know, his yeah. numbers are really not that far off than what they've been for his short career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and I was talking to Brian today, the fact that, you know, Jacob Junis, you can't tell me that guy can't pitch in this rotation at all with how bad they are and I know he's not been good I mean he's not a great starting pitcher but he's 29 and 34 in his career you know that's Brad Keller's only 27 and 31 in their careers their ERAs are very similar I just feel like some of these guys that you're really banking on knew that you're going to take a step up you know you talk about Keller and Singer being you know your top two guys are you know at least one and three if you throw Duffy in the mix and they just Man, it just, it, it just, it's hard to watch. I mean, like I said, it's hard to watch. I turned that first few innings on just tonight and just thought, oh my God. Yeah. And it's not like they, like you said, were just pounding the ball against Keller, but it just, he hits the very first guy for the third time this year. I mean, that's hard to even fathom. <laughs> first pitch of the game. First pitch of the game. He's done it three times. I mean, that's when, wild. That's probably historic. I mean, yeah. who even knows? <laughs> you know? So, my take is just the starting rotation and, and, and the problems that they've had. I mean, they, I mean, they're going to the bullpen guys in the fourth and fifth innings. These guys can't even give them four innings. A lot I, of times. I mentioned this in the chat and Brian kind of gave me a little pushback is like this and, and Brian and I have kind of been clamoring for this a little bit. Uh, the, the, the pitching by committee type of thing where it's way more uh, openers and bulk and uh, kind of us, the new flexible staff in general um and it helps that you can't you can't field five or six people in the rotation that'll give you five innings a night it's always three to four here and there i know but and it's interesting to get the creativity and it's fine to kind of see the experiment but at the same time you kind of hope that some of these guys figure it out sooner rather than later and they're also you know kind of the last take i have i mean they're giving up a ton of bombs yeah I mean, they're nearing almost 100 home runs given up already. I mean, they, today, I don't know what the Red Sox, if, if they've hit any tonight, but, I mean, they had 
Royals have given up 95 home runs this year, and that's in the top four, I believe, in home runs given up for staff. That's the whole staff? Okay. I didn't know yep. if we were talking about no, starters that, still or not. No, that was – that was Really high for starters. That was everybody. Yeah. No, not just starters. That was them as a whole, you know, pitching yep. staff. So, And, I mean, we were kind of banking on getting Danny Duffy back because he had been so good at the beginning of the year, and they decided to not let him rehab in minors. They decided to get him up there and start doing his rehab assignment in – the majors which if that doesn't scream we're trying to trade danny duffy i don't know oh come on i i mean why would they do that why would they do that because they need all hands on deck right now they can they have plenty of arms they could throw jake junas back in there and get danny duffy yep. right if they were really that worried about it i love the move and i don't think it's at all it has to do with trading him away I, okay i i'm all about I not wasting pods. i heard the pods could be in on duffy uh, <laughs> that was prior to last night <laughs> that's before he got blown up he got blown up yep no so Brian, you, i mean I, I just like no you know not wasting live bullets in the minors that's what sure. talked about many times and yeah. when you when you've got a guy like danny duffy where coming into this year we talked about starter bullpen where's he want to be and so working him back up with these two or three innings at a time right now I mean, it has value to this team more than I want to see some of those young guys get beat around again. I, I'm not ready to see that again. So I, I want I wanted Danny Duffy back in my life. And if it's only a two, 40, 40 pitches and then it's 50 pitches and 60 was working back up, I'm all for it. And mm-hmm. shut up about trading him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to read some tea leaves. Looks like there's some scribbling on the wall. I'm trying to figure out if those are letters or what what's going on. I'm not wanting to trade Danny Duffy. I don't know how much he's going to bring back in a trade, anyways. But and as someone saying. pointed out the other day, he now has ten and five rights, so he he yes. can be two. Has to approve any trade to any team. So, yeah, Mr. Barry Royal needs to stay in the blue and the white. I'm fine with. But that. he's in the last year of his deal. I mean, what right. do you think they're going to bring him back? Yes. Yeah, I do too. I, I think they you can both him think that they'll him bring back. him back. Yes. I think they'll bring him back as a bullpen guy. Yep. Huh. And he <laughs> he's got some, he's got some weird quotes through the years of saying he actually loved play, pitching out of the yeah. bullpen, and yep. I think he'd be open to that if, especially if in the back half of this year, the guys like you know Lynch and Coar and stuff come up and prove that they can get guys out and not show us what they already showed us before. If those guys claim their spots in the rotation. You've got Miner coming back for another year. Hopefully Keller gets it together. I mean, you've got a bunch of guys that are, that are candidates to be in that rotation. So I think you could talk him into being a bullpen guy. Yep. And at that point, a lot point, of ifs there. He, he can be the mentor role <laughs> and also provide value on the mound. And we can start shipping off guys like Urban Santana and Wade Davis and Greg Harlan. They can be done. We can be done with that. And we can put that in the rearview mirror. And Danny Duffy could be the mentor that's the guy who's been in the rotation and a bullpen and mentor these cats. I love it. Just do it. I'm into it. Yeah. Sounds All great. All right, then. Sounds good. Set Ryan. <laughs> What is what is your main takeaway from the last two weeks of uh, pathetic baseball? Oh man, I think <laughs> to me, uh, losing Andrew Benintendi was brutal to this team, and because it, it set off a chain reaction of events that are just tough to watch. Because when you take him out, he's pretty much by definition an average left fielder. Maybe can be a little above average, but I think on the year he had minus one defensive run saved, so he's right there at the average. And then once he goes down, you want to look at it. Yeah, once he goes down, Dozier's got to go play left field most days, and it's clear that he's not comfortable out there. I think that's something he could get comfortable with eventually, but he's just not comfortable out there. That He had that uh, embarrassing 
you know, screw up the other night where the ball yeah. got behind him. And he's, but after you watch him and Jorge Soler chase balls around the outfield, they're, they're not doing this pitching any favors by having those guys hurt them at the plate and in the field. So those guys, you got to, you're forcing those guys into the play in the outfield positions. They're just not comfortable playing right now. And on top of the fact that you're taking his bat out and his bat was one of the more consistent things we had going for us. And when you look back at the common theme at the, you know, at the plate, at least we talked about struggles, starting pitching at the plate runners in scoring position. We can't not, not buy a hit. And he seemed mm-hmm. like he was one of the few guys before we yeah. got hurt that was coming up clutch and hitting those guys in. So I just think it was, you know, it hurt extra bad losing him. Um, like I said, that chain reactions is tough and, it's 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 hard. I just feel so bad for those pitchers when I see balls hit out to right field, and then they have no chance of being caught. <laughs> like where most guys catch the catch that catch those hits, probably eighty five percent of the right fielders in the league catch catch all the stuff that Solaire drops and misses and never gets near. So that's yeah, that's brutal for those guys. As I look, we talk about defensive runs saved. Solaire's played about half the innings the spinning tendy has in the outfield. And he is a minus seven defensive run saved. Hunter yeah. Dozier's a minus four in the outfield this year in about the I same mean, amount of I was years. looking at Dozier's war. Do you guys want to know what that is? Not so really. He's got, he's don't care. I just thought it was. I guess it's <laughs> negative eight. It just wasn't good. I mean, it was, it was in the minuses. It was minus like 2.4. <laughs> he's yeah, had a couple of hard very, hit balls tonight. Not very good. Not so good. Uh, to your point, Brian, Ben Attendee, runners in scoring position in 292 with a 368 OBP, uh, OPS of 827. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something to what you're saying there. Could use a good dose of Andrew Ben Attendee in his lined up lineup for sure. And when you lose a guy like that, we talked about coming into the year being excited about the depth of this lineup. And mm-hmm. when you have Dozier and Solaire giving you nothing and you lose your number two hitter. That lineup is extremely short these days when those guys aren't hitting. <laughs> it seems like once you get past Salvi, it's pretty much uh, yeah. just close your eyes and pray. And even lately, I think I saw Salvi has won for his last 26 yeah. or something like that. I think ever since he got concussion, he's not been hitting yeah. very well. Not not great. Um, so really, you're, that leaves you with the top three hitters, and now Jorge Soler is now in that top three, which is which is so. which is an interesting move too. Yep. Well, yeah. I I understand the logic behind it, and I kind of get behind it, but that's usually where you put Mondesi to protect him. So I mean, why not try to get Soler in there to see more fastballs? And when he did it, he hit the ball the opposite direction every time up Twice. last night. Yep. So it, it was it was interesting <laughs> to read the quotes from Matheny talk, talking about we're putting you in the two hole and we want we're not asking you to be a cleanup hitter in that spot. You know, you need to you need to take your approach as a hole differently in that two spot. And I don't know when you when you're <laughs> when you're out of answers, you just pretty much try anything. Just and, get us uh, to that trade deadline, baby. It sure it sure seems yeah. like uh, we're we're grasping at straws here as an organization. They're gonna. They're doing a little bit of the throw something against the wall and see what sticks for the last uh, last remaining oh, yeah. uh, of the season here. Kitty, what's your uh, what's your takeaway from the last two weeks? I mean, they're gonna. This is pretty much, I think, the point where the casual fan has stepped away. <laughs> I've got to think. Lots of lot of good seats at the K the rest of the year is my uh-huh. takeaway from these last two weeks. A lot of good seats remaining, folks. Come on, get them while they're hot. Get the tickets. Mm-hmm. It's just as we've mentioned, where's the help coming from? 
on this team now where they're 33 and 44 going into tonight. Like, where is the help? Like, there's just doesn't seem like there's anything on the horizon, which we've seen the, the two young pitchers that we're supposed to, you know, we we're hoping that we're going to come in and add some depth to the rotation. Coar and Lynch just looked horrendous when they, when they pitched in the rotation. So who's next, who's the next arm out there that's going to possibly help this rotation solidify itself. And so it's just hard to have a whole lot of faith in the rest of this season doing anything, but bottoming out for mm-hmm. me at least. And so it's, it's tough, tough to be a fan right now. Yeah. Hoping for better things from the guys when they come up the next time that did have that first, first taste of the bigs and left a real sour taste. I got to think. <laughs> so hopefully they can, uh, we can, turn things around but it's hard hard to root for these guys right now and especially when it's like keller hitting hitting the first batter of the game three times like what what come on what what the hell are you doing at that you're point already... you're kind of hoping for something historic and be like damn <laughs> yeah I mean, hit, wow every start hit a he hit the first batter seven starts in a row uh-huh let's do it let's go <laughs> send a message let's get go a, for some records <laughs> get a guinness world record guy in there to, to verify the record <laughs> I'm into it. that. That more or less bleeds into mine as well as uh, I've, I think I've officially given up on this season. Finally. I think I was the last man on the boat. Uh, can't was believe you'd still... ever say anything like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> lollipops and rainbows guy is, uh, is mm-hmm. officially thinking that this year is probably not the Royals year. Um, uh, I was the last man on the boat. I was the captain of the Titanic watching it go down from the, from the, uh, what do you call it? The steering wheel. What, what do you call that? Uh, anybody nobody's got i'm not it. i'm not quite as i'm not the sailor you make me out to be josh it's, so I don't it's certainly not the steering i've wheel. never driven a boat so i wouldn't have any idea the I captain mean, it is chair. a wheel it is a wheel some sort of cap- steer, we'll call it the captain's wheel captain's yeah. i'm in the captain's chair of that ship that's sinking and uh, i officially got into a lifeboat and got out of there so i don't think i want you to be my captain if you don't know what it's called that's fine okay. yeah <laughs> I'm not, I'm not here trying to, I'm just the, I'm the, I'm the violin players as the sinking ship is going down. I'm trying to, I'm trying to build morale here. Hmm. But yeah. I thought that this last, I mean, I kind of said it, a, it was probably about a month ago at this point, but uh, right before they went out on that West coast trip to go to the A's and the angels, I thought that those West coast trips are always where the season kind of uh, the true tests of the season is kind of out there. Um, and they went seven of eight losing to the A's and angels in that series. Then they went to Detroit, and got swept and uh, pulled the tail at that point. Re- looked like they were kind of rebounding a little bit, took two or three of Boston after that. And then the bottom dropped out in that second game against the Yankees uh, where it was like a, they took the lead in the eighth and they lost the lead in the eighth. And then they took the lead in the ninth and they lost the lead in the ninth. Uh, I think that just absolutely wipes out any momentum that they had going between them between the coaches the organization and especially the fans i think i think we all kind of that's one of those losses where everybody kind of takes it as a kick in the nuts and it's it's really hard to rebound at that so they went in then got swept by the lowly 30 and 48 rangers and that's when i pulled the plug (laughs) that's when i called it off it was it's over at that point But I mean, I, I legitimately tried to go looking for some kind of silver lining in what they've done the last two weeks. Nicky Lopez, Whit yeah. Merrifield, and Carlos Santana, Scott Barlow, and that's the end of the list. <laughs> Brady Singer's been all right, but he can't get far in the games like we kind of mentioned before. But 
there's just so many bad things and tough things to watch about this this team right now. It's like Kitty said, the casual fan is 100% logged off Twitter. They're done with their hot takes. They've given them. They're gone. They're out in the ether and they're done. They're no longer logging into yeah. their VPNs to watch their their stupid Royals play. No longer they're complaining all, uh, about not being able to watch Royals games yep, <laughs> every <yep>. day. <laughs> they they're can just, care less now. Mm-hmm. They're checking out Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Chiefs training camp. They have moved right. on. Well, they got uh, still a month left to go, or two months for that. <laughs> so they're doing the other the workouts, all the uh, yep involuntary workout with all these they're NFL breaking down like the uh the film of the tyreek hill versus tyron matthew basketball game from the, from That's the right. weekend we're <laughs> hoping ligaments stay intact and nobody gets hurt and uh watching some sweet sweet dunkage but yeah last couple weeks has not been fun as royals fans and uh to kind of shake things up and to kind of like we mentioned they're kind of throwing stuff against the wall and that included a few uh roster roster moves if you will uh we saw ryan o'hearn get called up after his scorching hot uh, uh ride in omaha the the assignment down there he really really lit it up so he brought it back still he's hitting pretty well he, he just hit the uh hit a bomb tonight hit a bomb tonight to take the lead of six five currently uh i think it's, it's hitting 300 as well uh since he's been up too so maybe i'll eat some words there maybe i'll eat some crow uh i'm not a big <laughs> fan of of that move but uh it sure is did get it did get made so that is something, but the big one is Emmanuel Rivera. I say big one, Emmanuel Rivera, that literally nobody is probably heard of at this point uh, before he got called up was brought up for Kelvin Gutierrez, who was DFA'd. He was out of options. So he is now uh, eligible to be picked up by other teams that think they might want him playing third base for them for some reason. Um, there was also today Richard Lovelady was called back up and Wade Davis was placed on the IL with a kitty special injury. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's injured. Sure thing. <laughs> it was, they're calling a right forearm strain. He's probably injured. We'll see. Robots don't, uh, can't lie. They can't show emotion. They can't lie. <laughs> they can get injured though. I guess they can get injured. I mean, okay. every robot can, can lead a little maintenance every now and then. So especially, <laughs> tune up. especially right. robots that might be past their prime, a little outdated, <laughs> but the, the moral of the story is the Royals Dayton Moore is churning that roster. He was talking about becoming more transactional coming into this year. And it seems to be, you know, things are kind of going South. Maybe he's putting up the white flag and surrendering a little bit here. But he's trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be around long term. What are those options going to look like? What can we expect from them? So he's kind of just figuring out who's got what, what can they do? uh, Who's going to bring value to the table at this point? So, Brian, where are you at on these uh, transactions at this point? What are your what's your read on them and what are you expecting from any of these in any of these moves? I'm just glad they're trying something because, I mean, all four of us are kind of sick and tired of what they've been showing us lately. So, like you said, churn it as much as you can. Uh, Rivera was one of the hottest hitters in our in our system this year. I think he had 14 homers uh, in the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. And so when you you look at what Gutierrez has done in the major league level, and it's just been absolutely pathetic and it's just not getting (laughs) it done. When, when your lineup is as, as short as it, as it is, has been, um, you, can't, you can't have that many holes in your lineup. And when we, we already know we can't get rid of Dozier or Solaire at this point, so we got to add some hot bats. And O'Hearn gets the call up because his bat was hot. And same way here with Rivera. Um, so I like making moves, try to make something happen, create some kind of energy to this lineup. Uh, they talk about Rivera being very good defensively, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that, even though – 
he left the game in the first of bat tonight with a left wrist injury. So his stay might be short lived for a while. There uh, <laughs> you go. Love Lady is a guy that the internet's been calling for for years now. Um, and for whatever reason, that just hasn't panned out. He hasn't got the chance of the, that he's, that everyone thinks he deserves. So we'll see. Let's hope it goes a little better this this time. But I mean, everyone's talked about for years that Love Lady's got great stuff. So mm-hmm. let's see. Let's, let's put it in action. It, I think he'd only pitched like eight innings or something and yeah. so far this year. So it's been a very small sample size because he came into the year hurt. But uh, I'm excited to see another arm in the bullpen because I, I told you earlier, I know Wade Davis was the move, but I get the opposite of excited when I see Swarzak coming into the game. It's, <laughs> that's like white flag. Yeah. Uh, we picked a guy off, you know, the dump. The scrap heap. Yeah. yeah. That's like the Vin Mazzaro get in there and get blown up, but you're not coming out. You're giving us five innings, Vin. I'm going to get shelled. You're giving us five innings. I don't care if it's 11 runs. You're staying out there. Exactly. I I, kind of want to hamper expectations a little bit because Emmanuel Rivera – he had a 930 OPS in 44 games in AAA. He had a really good uh, spring training, uh, had 293, hit 293 with one dinger and a 29.2% K rate and a decent, uh, decent competition. And I think B-Ref has that, uh, that opposite quality opponent score. He had one of the highest ones at 8.4, and I think that's usually around a AAA level. Had a great um, year winter ball too, didn't he? Had a great winter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all. It was so did Kelvin Gutierrez. I mean, yeah, it is what True. it is at that point, but um, Fair. I, I want to hamper the expectations about Rivera. Yes, I'm very excited that he's up. I'm, I love seeing new, some uh, some young guys getting their uh, major league debuts. I love seeing guys that look like young Nelson Cruz's out there. I, uh, I'm very excited <laughs> about that. But I, I'm just I, I want everybody to just pump the brakes on it. Anybody who's still watching, I guess at this point, uh, <laughs> hamper your expectations and and just give him some time to figure out what he is because Kelvin Gutierrez kind of hit the ground running. He started out pretty hot, hitting 300. His peripherals didn't really quite check out uh, to to live up to that 300 average, and everybody thought that Kelvin Gutierrez was was the, the the next best thing because Hunter Dozier was just absolute garbage at the uh, at the plate at that point. So. I don't think we can expect anything like that from Emmanuel Rivera, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he sticks and I hope that he becomes part of the future, but I just don't see that, uh, see that coming. And the love lady might have a little bit more of a chance. He had really, really good uh, minor league uh, resume up to this point, still holding a seven, seven, one ERA in the majors in his 21 innings pitch. So it's uh We'll, we'll have to see. He has good spin rates. He's got good stuff. We'll see how uh, how it plays and see what his time with the Royals looks like at this time. But both of these moves kind of seem inevitable to me. Yep. I didn't think Kelvin Gutierrez was, was long for this roster. didn't think Wade Davis was long for this roster. We'll have to see what's on the other side of that right forearm strain. But mm-hmm. I just – I don't think either of these guys are a fundamental, foundational components of the next uh, contention window. Um, time to see what these other guys have, and uh, they might be a slight improvement, uh, a la Ryan O'Hearn. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of have to see how that goes. But just pump the brakes on these guys, let them play, let them see what they got, get their feet, uh, get their feet planted, and uh, see where they fit into the future. Here is my my main point here. But like Brian said, glad they're trying something. It's uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's good to see the good yeah, to see the management's trying something. It's much better to just try new players, young guys in this situation where the Royals look basically are done for the year as far as contending. So yep. you need to get these guys as many at bats as you can at the top level, just to see 
get a glimpse of what they have and what they can do. Yep. And I think that's only inevitable. We'll, we'll see Jackson Coar back up. We'll see Daniel Lynch back up. Uh, mm-hmm. Might see some Nick Prado by the end of the year. Maybe some Bobby Wood Jr. if we get there. God, please. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Let's get into the, the next the next part here. We're not in shenanigans yet, but uh, we got Ball Street for you. And uh, there was a few hot seats going on in Kauffman Stadium here. And that's what we kind of wanted to address with Ball Street. So here we go. Ball Street. <laughs> so the name of the game is you're uh, basically <laughs> treating these takes as stocks that you would buy and sell and trade on the market. Uh, this is the uh, team personnel edition of Ball Street. Basically, we're going to buy or sell or hold the stock in these guys being around for the 2022 season. And we're each going to give a, a, our little take a, on this here, starting with Cal Eldred has recently come under fire. He was hired in 2018 as the Royals pitching coach. He's been the main target. Kind of as Rance was talking about the starters and just the the pitching staff as a whole is coming to fire with how badly they've performed and how poorly they've been out there. Uh, so he's been the ire of a lot of fans' anger. So we're gonna buy and sell or hold the stock that Cal Eldred is here for the 2022 season. Kitty, I'm gonna start with you. Are you buying, holding, or selling that stock? I'm selling. I God, he cannot be around next year. This guy's an absolute trash bag as a pitching coach. I mean. No one, not one pitcher is better than they were previously in the previous year. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Duffy had a, had the great start this year, but don't think Calder is doing a whole lot with Duffy at this point in Duffy's 10 year career. <laughs> I think he's had a whole lot of influence, but you get like Brad Keller this year. Hey, Cal Eldridge, what are you doing? Something's wrong. No. I mean, what are they doing? Obviously nothing because get gets beat up again tonight. All right, so it was a seat. 2018, the Royals pitching staff in the AL, 11th runs allowed per game. 2019, 10th runs allowed per game. 2020, huge improvement, 7th. I love that 60-game schedule. And this year, they're back down to 12th and runs allowed per game in the AL. So there's – Oh, this just, is all AL rankings. Just okay. AL. Just AL. Like, yeah, that's sorry. not bad. That's, that's I, don't like to, <laughs> I don't like to mix uh, NL and AL when doing team stats. Yeah. Because they got – one stupid league still has the pitcher hitting like a bunch of dummies. Yeah. And so, so I just, they're True. bottom third every year in pitching with this guy at the helm. And it's just, I, he's not, he has no reason to be on this pitch on this coaching staff anymore. Okay. Can you sell him out? Brian, what are you doing? I would sell personally if, if it was me making the decision, I think they do need to make a move because I think this is a huge, hugely important time for this franchise when you've got all this young pitching. And if you keep going down the wrong road, it can, it can really add up in a hurry. And it looks like it's headed in that direction. But I'm going to actually buy this stock of him being around next year because I think this front office is just too loyal to their coaches. Half, half the time they stick with guys way too long. And uh, they just have like this family mentality of we're not going to point fingers at each other, but we just got to get better, you know? And I don't think, I, I just don't see the front office moving on from him. I would do it personally, like I said, but uh, I just, I don't see it happening. The, uh, the only example that I would have of that is the last one, Dave Island. Like they kind of dropped the bomb on him pretty, pretty out of the blue, maybe. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Their, their pitchers were not great. But I mean, they, Cal Eldred seems to most definitely be way worse of a track record than uh, 
than Island was when he had that uh, that firing. So. And I think I think I mean as fans, especially, all we can do is look at the performances and and say, you know, all the pitching staff stinks. What do we yeah. <laughs> what, what do we attribute that to? We right. go to him, but especially with pitchers, there's a huge factor in every one of these guys in the offseason works with their own individual yes pitching coaches. And then he just checks in with them on what they're, what they're doing and he approves of whatever he does, but he's not spending every day with these pitchers, right. you know, tweaking their mechanics and everything in the off season. So it's hard to say how much is, is on him, but when you look at the numbers, it's hard to say, you know, somebody's right. got to pay for these numbers because yeah. it can't keep continuing like this. When it's staff wide, it's hard to, hard yes. to not see the common denominator there. Rance, are you buying, selling or holding this stock? I'm selling too. I mean, I, like I said, I've, I've already read off a bunch of numbers. Like they're, you're not seeing a lot of improvement. I mean, I think you've seen enough out of this guy over the past three years. If you're not seeing the improvement, they brought up a couple of the young guys and I know they're young and he had probably had not much time to work with them, but there's already, you're already concerned about struggles there. I mean, they don't get ahead and counts. They walk guys constantly leaving too many balls in the middle to play with, with the home runs that they're allowing. I just, I just think it's time for a fresh take. I mean, I, I think, I don't even think they need to let him finish the year. Oh, let's can go. Him, can him here about after the all-star break. How about Get tomorrow? somebody in there with a fresh <laughs> take and see what happens. Yeah, I, uh, I'm into that. Brian, I understand what you're saying. And that is my only hesitation to sell this stock, but I'm selling too. Um, since his hire in 2018, the Royals pitchers have had the third highest XFIP, fourth worst ERA, and the first and the worst whip of all major <laughs> league teams, the worst whip. Yeah. That's not good. Um, I went through and looked at all the players who had spent multiple seasons with the Royals starting in 2018 to 2021. Uh, there's about 26 players that have actually uh, fit that criteria. And Kitty, uh, contrary to what you're saying, I think about 18 of them either got better or stayed about as useless or <laughs> as they were they didn't get they didn't get worse under cal eldred but uh they, they didn't necessarily mean they were they were usable uh usable pitchers at that point so only eight you see like eight of them may have gotten better um not bad cool well three of them are keller singer and bubich and if you're talking about developing these young pitchers you cannot have a pitcher that or a coach that struggles to develop pitchers you got to have someone in there that knows what they're doing when they're handling young pitchers like that. Uh, Rex Hudler will say it until he's blue in the face that Cal Eldred's done both, you know, pitching or relieving and starting, and he's been really good and he's been really bad, and it's, that's why it's so valuable. No, it, it, no, <laughs> it, it's clearly not uh, clearly not the case here. So I'm I'm very much into selling this. Uh, maybe it's a bit unfair because it's, you know, just one metric of like, I, I, I think my little exercise was based off of WOBA. Um, and there's so many inner underlying factors that go into, you know, why a pitcher is being good or bad uh, on the field. But it, it's just like we said, it comes down to one common denominator. And that's kind of why the, the, the flames are arising under his seat. So I'm selling that too. But like Brian said, I could totally see them being loyal to him and, you know, keep him around for another year to give him another shot so similarly to uh some kind of a specialty coach we're going with terry bradshaw with this next one uh 2022 stock of him being around buying selling or holding i'll start us off here i'm going to buy that he will be around in 2022 he also started in 2018 
Um, since it's higher, they're the fifth worst in WRC plus they're third worst in OPS and third worst in WOBA. So not very good either. That could be just as bad, but doesn't seem like there's many people that came in. I don't know. It's just a weird sample size because a lot of these guys were also really bad. He didn't have much to work with as far as development goes. I don't think there's a lot of quadruple a players that uh, kind of hit their ceiling when they, you know, get past Omaha at that point, there's not much to, to ring out and, and unlock, but I mean, Wit, Solaire, Salvi, Mondesi, I would all call have gotten better under, under Terry Bradshaw, whether that's credited to Bradshaw or those guys individually or Mike Tosar. Uh, there's plenty of guys that could uh, could be credited with their success, but I just don't see a lot of guys that got a lot worse in that time. So uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and buy that Terry Rochelle is going to be around for that 2022 season, in my opinion. Uh, Rance, what are you doing with this stock? I'd say buy as well. I don't think he's done quite enough for them to can him yet. He's not done. He's not bad enough yet. They, they got to get a little bit worse before he can get fired. <laughs> So I'd say he'd be around. And like you said, I mean, I think he, I mean, there's, there's some guys that have done some good things. I mean, you know, Ben and Tindy seemed like he was on the way up and I know yeah. they probably haven't worked together a lot, but I mean, he maybe contributed that. I know, you know, Mondesi's only played 10 games, but he's looked pretty good at the plate when he's played in those 10 games. Um, and Salvi, I mean, I forgot about yeah, Nicky Lopez. Nicky Lopez has improved at the plate a little bit, you know, and I think Salvi at this point in his career, you know, he, he's hit his, ball as good as he ever has so mm -hmm. i mean i mean i think I, I i think he'll be there for sure next year okay kitty i'm selling this guy too he's partnering crime with cal eldridge stealing money from the royals <laughs> all these guys are doing that is all they are doing just mm -hmm. cashing that check and they're probably they can't wait to just get finally fired so they can go off hang out on a beat <laughs> for a whole freaking year from all the money they took off the Royals. It's just, just one big heist them. from those two. Yeah. No, it's just, they're just, they're going to make a movie out of it. It'd be oceans 14 with these two knuckleheads. Okay. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> Dozier <laughs> might be the worst hitter in baseball over the last two years. I think Solaire yeah. is, I think that's, or Solaire. I, think that's I mean, he had a, and then Dozier tandem so, and they, so I mean, Dozier had a great 2019, but yeah, he's last, Last year, obviously, with a little injury issues, but this year, I mean, he can't do anything. He hits one ball for a hit to the right side of center field. or right side of second base, he was still a center fielder. I think still made – still uh, picked the ball up after the hit. So, I just – he's terrible. I don't know if that's Terry Bradshaw or Dozier might just be a bad hitter. Just don't really know for sure at this point. And I just – I mean, it's got to be – like the reason they're probably scoring a little better runs this year than they have in the past is because Carlos Santana came in. Yeah, so that that's probably I, hard to hard to deny him and Benetton's impact on this lineup. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's hard to it's hard to lay a lot of blame for me at the hitting coaches of the major league level. Sure, because feel like a lot of these guys once they get to the majors, they are who they are. You're not going to do a whole lot differently than what you did when you to make it and you when you made it to the bigs. So I don't not sure how much influence these a hitting coach really has, but. That might just be another one where you need a fresh, fresh face in that position just to maybe he can spark somebody and spark something in some of these guys that aren't playing well. Yep, that's fair. Brian, I, I can tell your blood's boiling by all the shit that Kitty just talked to Hunter Dozier. <laughs> what, uh, what's your take here? Are you buying, selling, or holding this stock? I'm buying, and only just because outside of 
uh, Kitty just now. I haven't heard a peep of anybody calling for his job. I've yep. never heard you know <laughs> players having a problem with him. So I think there at least has to be some rumblings of that before they actually hear it in the front office and say, maybe we should move on. So I think just for the fact that nobody's talking about it, I, it would shock me if he wasn't hitting coach next year. Yeah, it's uh, I, I have seen it, it, it but it's all it almost feels like uh, <laughs> the gang has found the culprit and they're currently beating up on Cal, Cal Edward, who's in the fetal position, just still getting kicked. And then <laughs> the guy in the back's like, who can I kick? Terry yeah. Bradshaw, you're up. <laughs> what about Terry Bradshaw? Let's get him. <laughs> I have seen some of those takes on uh, on social media for sure, but yeah, it, it, the it, the kindling is being gathered. It hasn't quite been on fire yet, I think, at this point. So uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens on that. We'll keep an eye on that. And finally, the big guy, Mister GM Dayton Moore, um, buying, selling, or holding the stock of him being around for the 2020 season. Rance, I'm going to lead off with you this time. Where are you at in Dayton Moore? Uh, I buy that I'm buying that he's going to be there. I mean, the only re the only way he's not going to be there is if he just makes up his own mind that he just wants to be done. Right. I mean, they're yeah. not going to, they're not going to send him packing. I mean, for God's sakes, the guy got him helped get him to two world series. I, I, I think he'll, he can have that job for a very long time mm -hmm. unless, you know, the new ownership just wants to be, I don't know how I, I can't see him leaving unless he just wants to, to you know to move on to something else and but it's his own choice yeah i mean I, and we've I seen that that he'll yeah i mean it, it can happen and yeah. you know but but the guys proved that he can build a winner before i mean i know we've talked about and they're banking on these young arms but i mean th th there is some promise you know down in the in the lower levels so i i think he'd he'd want to see that through and uh you know, at least be around for the next few years. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, I'll, I'll say that after my point. Uh, Kitty, where are you at on Dayton Moore? Yeah, I'm Get him out as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to buy that as well. Oh, I, okay. He made some. I think that Benintendi and Carlos Santana moves were really good this off season. That, that yeah, I mean, we were felt like a lot of fans were discussing, and once he made the Michael A. Taylor move, which not the best, but not the worst, I guess. Hey, two dingers they, in the last two games. Look out. Once he Mike made the uh, Michael A. Taylor and Ben Intendi, everyone kind of thought, all right, offense is done. This doesn't look great. And then he, they still they made the splash with Santana after those moves. And like, oh, have, hey, hey, there we go. Legit major league hitter in the lineup at first base. So that, like that. And then, yeah, all these pitching that were kind of just on a holding pattern waiting for these guys to make it up. And that was – kind of the focus of the draft for the last few drafts has been ready on close as ready to the major league arms as possible you yeah. just stockpile them and hopefully the offense is in a spot where they can help the arms when they do finally make it up to the major so i think there's no reason that he's going to be anywhere else but as the royals gm in 2022 yep it does seem like there's a little bit more haste to his actions anymore i think that's uh, i think that's fair brian what are you doing I'm big time buying here, and I think it's absolute insanity when I read these people talking shit about Dayton Moore online <laughs> and right, on, let's go. Let's on go. radio waves and stuff, and they're, they're acting like he can't, you know, assess talent, and he, we always overvalue our own prospects, and it's like, look around every scouting site out there. 
they all believe that these top pitchers are going to be very good major leaguers. It's this, this is not Dayton Moore's is the only one telling us these guys are going to be good players. And he, like Brand said, he takes us back to back world series. And then everyone says, well, we, we completely diminished the, the farm system and there's nothing in the tank after these guys left. And it's going to be 10 years before we build this thing back up. And, and a fair criticism of him early in his tenure here was he couldn't draft very well. And I feel like he's really fixed that, whether they've just been pure luck or whatever. But the last few drafts, I think, have been great drafts. And, you know, like I said, the scouting services are all on board. I haven't seen anybody that's, that says these guys are frauds. So I think they'll eventually figure it out <laughs> if they could maybe can find a good pitching coach that can get their approaches fixed. But I think it's absolute insanity to think that Dayton Moore is part of this problem or that he can't properly assess talent. I mean, like Kitty said, with Michael A. Taylor thing, we, we all kind of poo-pooed it at the beginning because we, we, did, we didn't believe he's ever going to become a hitter. And he's really been what we kind of all expected. He's been probably exactly what Dayton Moore expected. He, he's going to give you a little bit at the plate, but not much. And he's going to play really good defensive center field. And I looked it up earlier, and he, he's number one center fielder in baseball, defensive run saved. So he's doing what you, you paid him, what, like a million bucks to come do? Yeah, it wasn't much. Those yeah. shag fly balls in the outfield and bat eight and nine and get us an occasional pop and do your job. And like you said, almost every other free agent signing has hit this season. Mike Miner's been a disappointment, but I still think there's time there for him to salvage his uh, value there. But, I mean, I, I just don't know why you can look at this team when they lose the most important position player that they have on this team for a majority of the year he gives you that tease in those 10 games that actually plays he just crushes the ball mm -hmm. i mean he's this team looks so, looks so much different when when they have Mondesi playing shortstop and they have benatendi playing left field it's such a different team and you couldn't you couldn't have seen this uh solaire and dozier thing coming i mean people people kind of skeptical of of Dozier's really good year in 2019, if that was the real him or if he was just not that good of a hitter. But I don't think anybody saw this kind of year coming. And he could still not salvage it to bad. be somewhat decent. Bad. But, God, it's been so <laughs> bad. And I don't know I don't know how you can really pin that on him. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm big-time buying Dayton Moore. I'm a huge Dayton Moore guy. I, I back him up because I, I got to watch my team in the World Series back-to-back -back years. He can do whatever he wants, That's in my opinion. That's undeniable, yep. <laughs> That is undeniable. I, I'm buying too, but just to kind of go back to what Brian said, before anybody tries to crush us for the Hunter Dozier extension, it was still only $25 million. Brian and I talked about this. Relatively, that's somewhat cheap. Uh, I mean, it was a good gamble for them to make at this point. He had upside. That, that was he clear. still does. He still does, and he could still service some of that value. But, uh, Kitty, what did you say? He was making $2.5 million this year, something like that. Yeah, I mean, his contract's really not that terrible, even if he doesn't turn around. So I'm not, right. that's not that big of an issue. Yeah, it's it doesn't crush your franchise. Like, yeah. sometimes he... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, not a, yeah. it's not the Mike Sweeney contract. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or Alex Gordon's multiple re-ups. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think that he's earned at least a few more seasons to kind of see what this class or what this prospect wave has. He's going to potentially add to it here in the draft until in, uh, uh, you know, 2021 and in a few weeks. I was on the uh, Be the KC, shout out Be the KC podcast, uh, had me on on their uh, on their episode a few weeks ago. We talked a little bit about the draft. And um, Brian, you kind of mentioned about the pitching 
and uh, they've been very college pitcher, you know, get them ready, get them now, get them up as soon as we can type of thing. And I'm going to be kind of interested to see, A, how the board kind of falls to them at number seven um, in this draft and kind of see where their head's at. Are they going to do like the best player available type of thing? Like, you know, usual, are they going to do some uh, uh, slot shenanigans that they've done with like the Dozier and Mania year? Um, or are they going to go, you know, keep going college? Give me college ready now, ready in a season and a half uh, type of thing. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that kind of, I think that's going to be pretty telling about where, where Dayton Moore is, uh, where his head's at and, you know, uh, kind of add to the further to the case of, you know, he's trying to get things done right now or in a season or two, it's, it's going to be time to go. So everybody's buying Dayton Moore. He's going to be here next season. It's uh, solved. Shut up. If you think otherwise, I'm tired of hearing it. <laughs> there you go. On that note, we're going to get to shenanigans, but, uh, but before that, we got to hear some, uh, some words from our sponsors, everyone. So here we go. And we're back. We got shenanigans on the, on the way. Uh, like I said, some OG docket, uh, docketed shenanigans that we're going to go through here. So we're going to start off with some DFA. DFA is in the house tonight. I just, I feel like we needed to wake some people up. So we got a little uh, party <laughs> rock DFA for you this week. Um, I've got the shenanigan. I've got the DFA this week. Uh, so here we go. We got a multiple answered question here lined up. Each one of these guys are going to take a stab at clearing the board, but each one of them has three options to go through before they are DFA'd. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, NBA conference championships going on right now. Not a big base, not a big NBA guy right here. But these three fellows are. They very much know what's going on with the NBA. So I looked up the greatest single postseasons in NBA history in the win shares via pro basketball reference. Shout out. What does that even mean? It's basically (laughs) war. Basically wins above replacement. Oh, boy. So I've got 12 different players that are not named LeBron James or Michael Jordan. The greatest single postseasons in NBA history. And it's not, you know, I say NBA history, it's not going to be that uh, hard. There are 12 names here that are very recognizable. So it, it seems hard, but it's really, really not, I don't think. And that's coming from a non baseball or non basketball guy. So 12, po- 12 guys. Yep. What an single postseasons. This is all history. <laughs> yep. And history of the NBA. Good God. You guys are are basketball guys. This is going to be fine. Yeah, but shit, man. You're going to be fine. This is going to be fine. Uh, I'll give you you a hint right off the bat. There's only one person that is pre-1984. Okay. Okay. 12 names. I'm going to go Rance, then Brian, then Kitty as the uh, rotation here. So, Rance, why don't you lead off? They are not named LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Okay. I'm going to put Steph Curry. Steph Curry, not on this list. Great start. (laughs) (laughs) Great start. Well, then I'm out. I mean, if I can't get Steph Curry, then who, who, I mean, he really is the only basketball player out there. So, it's, it's going to be tough. Brian. Uh, how about Larry Bird? Larry Bird from 1984 had a 4.72 win share, whatever that means. Rance's guy. <laughs> yeah, that was, I guess, yeah. 
I already blew it. I'm a little bit disappointed to already have a strike. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're gonna we're gonna get it get you in the in the game here very soon, Rance. I, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Let me let me figure out how to do this real quick. There we go. All right. God. Brian, one correct answer. Kitty. I'm gonna go with Shaq. Shaq two thousand had a four point six seven win share. Very well done. Kitty with a point back to Rance. Magic. Not on this list. The great. Start. Oh no. <laughs> great start from Rance. <laughs> Magic Johnson, the greatest point guard that ever lived, did not have one of the best postseasons. That is bizarre. Not not according to this stat. Holy hell. I don't have another (laughs) name, man. Um, Let's go. While MJ was gone, Akeem the Dream Olajuwon. Not on this list. Nope. Well, this list is bullshit then. Yeah, it might be bullshit. We won't some, even get five answers, Josh. There, there are some. I mean, <laughs> there's some obvious ones here, guys. Obvious ones here. I'm gonna go to BK's best buddy, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant on this list, 2009. Well 4.66 win share in his postseason that season. Very well done, Kitty, with two points so far. Rance working on elimination. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got. I'm, I'm so gonna say. Good. I'm gonna say Tim Duncan. I mean, Tim Duncan. Number one answer here had a 5.94 win share in 2003. Wow, the best postseason in history. That includes Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Well, I'm off the hook then. Yep, Not <laughs> you got out. a point. Yeah, there you go. Gotta feel good. Back to Brian. <sighs> How about Carl Malone? Not on this list. Hmm. Nope. I got to get out of that era. Yeah, there is one more in that era, I'd say. But, uh, yeah, get out of that era. This is a very a very current stat. Okay. Yeah. Kitty. I'm going to I'm gonna go back in that era. I don't think I got that. I'm going to go with the answer, Allen Iverson. Not on this list. Nope. What? Uh, I figured that year they made the finals because that was the only yeah. guy worth a shit on he his was team. The only he was dude. the only yeah. guy carrying that roster. Eric Snow. <laughs> Eric Snow started on a NBA Finals team. That sure is did. Pat Geiger. Nogalskis. <laughs> <laughs> Geiger was a Nogalskis type. <laughs> Back to Rance. Uh, KD. No, unfortunately, no. Wow. This is unbelievable. Unfortunately, this is a horrible list. This is a checkable (laughs) list. Go look in Pro Basketball Reference. Anybody wants to check me here, but I feel like no step, no magic, no Akeem the Dream, no Malone, no AI, no KD. Correct. I mean, wow. Bullshit list. Brian, you're on the verge of elimination as well. What do you got? I don't, I'm afraid to even say a name. Yeah, I was scared to death, too. It's a, mine, it's a minefield out there. I was scared to death. Uh, I wonder if question. this stat takes, like, defensive stats into account. Because I've been thinking mostly all offense because, I don't know, just that one year went to the finals and it was pretty much all him. How about Dirk Nowitzki? 
Davitsky, yeah. 2006. Correct. That was the next guy I was going to go with. Nice. Uh, Ryan on the board with two points. Tied with Kitty right now. I'm going to try to go pre-84. Oh. I'm going to go Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain. Not on this list, but I like <laughs> ah, that. Ah, dang it. It's basically the other pre-1970, <laughs> Oh, it's hint time again, too. Okay. Two, two strikes for two and two strikes. Hmm, what can I say? We got – uh, Got a lot of names left. We have – We're not – we got five guys. We've got seven, two, there's still seven more. Two more <laughs> Lakers. Two more Lakers. There's one um, – we're talking about like the Michael Jordan and the Magic Johnson era guys. I feel like this is a number three guy in that era that should not be overlooked. There is a 2020 guy on this list. There's a 2019 guy on this list. Yeah. Abdul Jabbar's got to be one of them. Then we're on Brian. I know yeah. I'm out. I just want to get back in. That's yeah, <laughs> two Lakers. There's a there's a team aspect here. Once Brian's out here, two Lakers. You got to think he's one of them because I think we've listed everybody else. That's let's go Abdul Jabbar. Abdul Jabbar on this list, 1974, had a 4.69 win share. Still one more Laker out there. I'm gonna go away from the Lakers. I'm gonna go Derek Isaiah Fisher. Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, not on this list. Nope. I had him oh, written down too. God dang it. So I think Third. Brian has won between the three of you, but you still have quite a few yeah. names to go. You have uh-huh. six names to go. I was thinking uh, Dwayne Wade. No, he was on my – I wrote him down because possibly with that. Let's little... just go with Dwayne Wade. Same year as Dirk, 2006, mm-hmm. that awesome NBA Finals they had together. I have maybe the – Guy from Jordan era, Reggie Miller had some great runs. They don't make the final. I just don't. They, make the they probably do need to make the finals to get this. I would thing. guess just to have enough games and play, possibly. It's Isaiah crazy. Thomas was the other name I was thinking. What about Clyde Drexler? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they made the they lost the finals to Jordan. The Jordan era was in 1993. The Jordan era player. I don't know who they. It wasn't Akeem, wasn't Carl Malone. John Stockton probably wouldn't be it. Charles Barkley. Ooh. Did he go to the finals? Against the Bulls. And he was on the Suns. That's as good as any. Charles Barkley. Yeah. That's it. Got it. Okay. Good nice. job, Rance. Six zero with the Chuck Barkley. The Chuckster. Totally redeem yourself. Totally <laughs> redeem yourself. <laughs> After a god awful performance, maybe the one, maybe the worst ever in the history of this uh, game. I just looked. I looked a little better because I got my first two right. Then I crashed and burned very quickly. Uh, yeah, so. you did. You had a <laughs> real schneid, if you will. Uh, four players left. There's a 2019 still out there. There's 2020 out there. There are two guys that don't really expect you guys to get, and there's still a Laker in that mix as well. Did you say 2020? Yeah. In the boat. I mean, in the bubble. I mean, who? Uh, who the who, who the Lakers beat last? It year has to bubble? be in the final. Uh, Jimmy I would Butler, guess. the Heat. Jimmy Butler. Butler had a really good playoffs here. Uh, playoffs, yeah. He was basically that team that year. Was that? Hold up. Think about the bubble. Who with Dame Lillard? Bubble. 
Yeah. He had a nice he, playoff, but I don't think he it went far enough. What's this? The Jamal Murray from the Nuggets. They didn't make the finals, but they made the conference finals, and he was he was really good. good. Shit. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, man. Obviously, <laughs> Anthony Davis. That's the twenty twenty. Yep, you got it. Oh, oh man, nice job. Great pull. It was the Laker and twenty twenty. Uh huh. Two birds, one stone. Still the twenty nineteen guy out there. There's a 2005 and a 2009. <laughs> That's not going to help me, though. <laughs> One of those guys has been a Laker, too, but did not do it as a Laker. How about Giannis? No Giannis. Okay. Yeah. Good choice. What about Kawhi Leonard, 2019? Oh, yeah. Yes. That makes sense. Uh, also, Chauncey Billups in 2005. Really? For the Pistons. Which very surprised me. Yeah. They had a good, nice team. Uh, they beat the Lakers probably that year, didn't they? The All Star Lakers. Rip Hamilton. Yep. Uh, big Ben Wallace. 2009 was Dwight Howard. No uh, way. Yep. What the? He's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> so I win DFA this week. But uh, Brian, no you guys did a good run. That was a tough question for sure, especially when uh, Steph Curry's not on the list. <laughs> And no one goes into this. I'm embarrassed by my performance. You should I, I think those are all very uh, reasonable answers for sure. Who was Kareem the pre-1994 guy? Kareem. That was the Kareem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't there believe you. like Oscar Robertson or whatever is not on this list. Yeah. There was uh, a fair amount of Dame Lillard on. He had a couple of different postseason runs on uh, on that. And it seemed like they're always out in the Western Conference semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. They are. That shows how damn good he is in general. Let's get into the waiver wire here. We got a uh, a fun summer themed waiver wire. We're ready to get into your earlobes, but uh, first we got to hear that theme song. Watch a that one might a little bit been a little hot. Hot. A little hot. Super <laughs> hot. <laughs> But sometimes you just got to let it go. Crank it to 11. Let's do this here. Oh, man. Uh, hope you're all awake. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, this waiver wire draft is summer themed. Like I mentioned, I wanted to make sure that we had uh, a full roster for this one because uh, our food drafts usually go pretty, you know, get pretty hot, pretty contentious. And for summer <laughs> themes, we wanted to draft our favorite frozen treats. Could mean a lot of different things here. I'm not going to get my, my draft board is very not cute, very, you know, straight, straight from the gun type of thing. So uh, before you start laying that, you know, take a John me. I don't, I don't need to hear it. We'll see about that. Uh, since I won DFA just outright, I'm going to get the first pick here. And my first pick is a drumstick. Got first pick, huh? Cone. First pick. It's 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 delicious, and it it doesn't <laughs> even matter. Like it could be the cheap stuff or the or the really high end stuff. It's always just the best stuff. So with the nuts yeah. on top, nuts, little nut on top. Yep. <laughs> Thumbs down from this cat. Really? I hate nuts in my desserts. Keep your nuts away from my dessert as well. <laughs> and we're off and running. Josh's first overall pick is a thumbs down. I, I thought that was like a, yeah. I mean, I think you had to probably take it 1-1 because I don't think it's getting back to 2-4 for you, but 
Sure. I'm just not a fan of. I, it might have. I mean, more for you. Maybe. Yeah. BK may have taken it from me. But, I'll say yeah. since, since I can't have ice cream, that might be the worst, like, <laughs> the worst part about not being able to get ice cream and not being able right. to get ice anymore. There That's tough. And it's even tougher to hear that half the people in this podcast <laughs> don't like them. <laughs> I just, I mean, every time ugh, restaurants always put nuts and fucking brownies and crap like that, I like, get it. What are you doing? Why are you running perfectly good chocolate? Get out of here. Yep. yep. I agree. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I need to rethink my draft board all of a sudden. Good God. Um, Shuffle all your around. Move all your nuts pick to the end. Yeah. Oh my yeah, all my frozen nuts, my uh, my bag of frozen pecans from back home are uh, are not gonna make this draft. Uh Brian, since you were next up on DFA, you're taking uh, the next pick. What do you got? Yep. When I'm going up to the ice cream truck, ice cream van, this one always draws my eyeballs. So I'm gonna take it first. It's called different things, different places, but I'm gonna go call it the chocolate eclair bar. It's the chocolate ice cream one that looks like you've dipped it in chocolate dipping dots. Oh, yeah. Got a little textures wow. in there because it's kind of kind of cakey in the center. So it's kind of yep. almost like oh. an ice cream cake. Yeah. yeah. So good. It's a good one. And it just yeah. draws my eyeballs every time. So <laughs> it's going to get it. I have to take that. I Nothing totally else. forgot. I totally, that was a complete miss on my end. Not on your board? Not on my board. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think if I if I go that direction, it's usually the strawberry the strawberry version. That's a, that's very good as well. Yeah, you can still take that one later. Yep, you maybe can. we'll see how that we'll see how the board falls. <laughs> the old Kitty. shortcake, the old shortcake. Yeah, Kitty, your, your third pick here. What do you got? I'm going out to Kauffman Stadium, getting myself a frosty malt. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Love that wooden spoon, <laughs> wooden spoon, and the frosty malt. That is my. A number one is there. I love that thing at the ball game. And I think somebody's, I think someone said they found one in a, some, one of those smaller supermarket stores. So I need to go uh, mm. pick me up some of those here soon. With the, they still do the wooden spoon out there. It's just something about that wooden spoon. That just, really yeah. That is. really does enhance the uh, experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not sure why either, but it does. I don't know. It, kinda, either, but it marinates. It marinates in that chocolatey stuff. So even when the ice cream's <laughs> gone, you can still like you can still chew on that stick with some chocolate. That's right. You get, you get a little, little extra chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Jones and four. You got to get that hit. Absolutely. <laughs> keeps it keeps you from withdrawals afterwards. Rance, what, what's your uh, fourth? And uh, then you're you're on the turn for the second round. Well, I'm going to my favorite place, and that's DQ. We like mm -hmm. to hit up DQ around here. Mm -hmm. And they've got this blizzard called the Brownie Batter Blizzard. Mm. And it has brownie yeah. chunks in it, and it just it, – and ice, obviously vanilla ice cream, but just little – whatever you mix to mix brownies. I don't know, the dough or whatever that is. And batter. It is, it's batter. The it's, batter. It's, the it's batter. It's literally it's batter. Yeah literally it's well it's delicious it's rich it's good and then you know you're eating a batter and then you get even a little extra surprise when you're you kind of get a brownie in there on one of those bites yeah. and it's just i mean it's that's my favorite food. blizzard i mean I, I love it i mean i've got multiple blizzards on here but that's yep. the number one <laughs> that's totally fair just wrapped in four dq blizzards i love it yep yeah, <laughs> I mean, we could have done that. I'm sure they've got way more than 16 colors. Yeah, I kind of wanted right. you to just take the DQ Blizzard, and then you just own <laughs> all of the flavors. Get all of them. All versions. That'd be selfish. Greedy. Uh, It'd be hard to hard to hate too much on that view. I will say, critics might say it's too rich. Mm -hmm. True. 
Yep. It's possible. It's not rich. me. Not I. They're idiots. Not me. Yeah, score of a blizzard, uh, of a batter, <laughs> brownie batter blizzard. Idiots, assholes, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> <laughs> Too rich. Get out of here. No such thing. That's no what the vanilla thing. ice cream's for. Like right. That's right. Kind of kills the richness. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Race what else you got? Off in second pick. Second round. And my second pick is, I don't know if you guys have ever had one of these, but I mean, a Klondike bar, you know what a Klondike bar is, but yep. Klondike has kind of ventured out and started doing some other flavors and they yes, do a they Reese's have. peanut butter Klondike bar. Ooh. Okay. Still and like it's just, and, and it's just got the peanut, it's peanut butter ice cream outside inside of a Klondike. I mean, it's, hmm. Hmm. Sounds delicious. Sound good. it's delicious. It's not like pepperminty. No, okay. not at all. That would have been a deal breaker. It's not pepperminty <laughs> at all. They yep. do have they do have a really good uh, crunchy shell for it being just like smooth chocolate. Yep. It is yep. uh, kind of next level. Mm-hmm. That's key. It's it's pretty good. I've only had a few of them, but the few that I've had, right up there. I real, dig it. Real good. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kitty, back to you. I'm taking something that's delicious and has a great name. I'm taping taking the chip burger. <laughs> <laughs> chip burger it's like the vanilla ice cream inside two chocolate chips okay cookies cookies with ice cream vanilla ice cream in the middle it's phenomenal it's the chip witch chip witch some people call it i remember i remember seeing it calling it seeing it being called the chip burger which (laughs) i like that i have it number two on my board i didn't know that that's what you were calling it (laughs) so we used to have them without i don't really like the chocolate chips on the outside I could just be fine if it was two cookies and just vanilla ice cream in the middle. You don't want no. the extra chips? I don't think you I need like the, the extra the chips. chocolate chips are necessary. Very necessary for mm-hmm. me. Interesting. Burger. Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was just the off brand that they sold at the high school cafeteria. <laughs> the high high brand. I think I think that's the uh that should be the brand for that for that <laughs> item. Kitty very smart over. marketing. I mean, what yeah. a great name. 100 mm-hmm. percent brian back to you okay I, since kitty takes that right off from under me <laughs> i gotta go away from the chocolate this time the king of popsicles the bomb pop i knew you yeah. bomb pops are mm-hmm. delicious mm-hmm. yeah what's yeah. the best flavor of the bomb pop cherry blue raspberry Ooh. see i like mm. the white in the middle Ooh, I like the, I like the cherry the worst as well. Part. Oh no, no, no! Cherry takes it. Cherry <laughs> no, takes sir. It. I is agree. It the that white the white lime? Is, the is it lime? Like, yeah, it's the lime. Yeah, it's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to save that, that till last. Yes. I like to save that until last, until hopefully it's all melted. I'd like to eat the top and somehow the bottom. How eat the bottom first. Last. <laughs> well, then by that st- time it's mostly <laughs> melted. Well, you just kind of eat it like a you know. You just inhale corn on the cob. <laughs> you just slide the stick through so you got the, uh, the other other side now you got the white wow just don't touch the middle you know you can kind of eat the top and the bottom what so a just... weirdo <laughs> i'll take that just... middle from you okay well I, I don't like the middle part but... coming to a key trade cut near you cherry lime or blue raspberry <laughs> <laughs> they're all three heavenly in my book I... they are they are good and the lime is refreshing to its credit for sure it's a good it's a good middle between the two best parts of it. So that's oh, good. okay. 
It's like uh, that. My second pick is going to be Brian. You mentioned it earlier, but you didn't take it. The Dairy Queen ice cream cake. Mm-hmm. Ooh, very delicious. Oh yeah, that was on my list. Yep, that little. I don't know what it is in the middle there. Got a little fudge and whatever that crumbly cookiness in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard rumors that they that there are just soul ice cream cakes of just that middle layer somewhere around the world. Mm. I can get on board with that. <laughs> is there a new quest for the summer yeah there's a great white buffalo all of a sudden <laughs> ain't no ain't no ice cream uh, on that layer <laughs> that is the plate full of pig fat of the uh, frozen right. trees <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is Have some pig fat and wash it down with one of those oh yeah let's just, let's just call ice, it with ice real cream fast. cake filling yeah uh, for my third pick, I got a. I'm kind of torn here, kind of torn. I think I gotta go with the Snickers ice cream bar. Mm-hmm. It, it's one thing to put a put a Snickers bar into the freezer, freeze it, and eat it that way. That's very good. But the ice cream instead of the nugget is is uh, next yeah. level. So give me that ice cream bar. It's got a good crunch on that outer shell, just like uh, we talked with the Klondike Ness. So give me the Snickers ice cream bar as my uh, as my third pick. I, I'm I'm very much enjoying that I got that in the third round, by the way. <laughs> That's good, that, impressive. When I when I talk about ice cream bars at a gas station, it's usually a Snickers is the go-to. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's a good Back one. Back to Brian. <clears throat> All right. Treat. This may not be on everybody's board, but it's a frozen treat to me. It was always as a child, the best part about going to Walmart with mom. We could always get one of those big old ices. Mm. Give me the cher- wild cherry ices. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's My a good one. God, when the WalMarts had the the snack bar. Oh cafe, yeah. yeah, they'd like uh, mm-hmm. fifty cent hot dogs. Sometimes you're in the mood for the Coca Cola icy, mm. but most oh, yeah. times, if they got the white cherry, I'm hitting that thing ten out of ten times. That's a that's a that's a suicide move right there. You're getting both <laughs> cherry Coke old mixer. You do the cherry Coke flavor. Yep. They still got ices around somewhere. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Guess I haven't seen one in a while, but I'm not talking about the offs. I want. I'm talking about ices. What the bear right. mascot? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's the difference between that and a 7-Eleven slushy? There's a difference. I don't know. I've never had a 7-Eleven. I think there. Slushy. I think there is a difference. Hmm. Like the you ices. see the machines in at Casey's, and I just don't feel like those are ices. You right. know, it just doesn't feel the same to me. Yeah. A lot of things about Casey's inside Casey's that I don't feel great about. <laughs> and there goes our Casey's sponsorship. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to see your... if they have like locate us on their website. <laughs> we, love your, we love your pizzas, Casey's. Let us let us be your spokesperson. I mean, Icy still has a, a running website that say if you want to join them, you can join family. So they're join still the out team. there. They're still like out there. Words program. Okay. Don't come and fall on I've seen one in so long in your house. Perfect. Oh God, wouldn't that be great? Well, that would be. <laughs> I mean, you talk about man cave setups. That would be next level. Ooh. Even if Thank you me. rented the machine for a party. Yeah. One hundred and fifty dollars. Icy swag. Oh yeah. A big party. Charge five bucks a head. Man, if go. you could get one for a party, just think about the damage. <laughs> I mean, I. I'd have a terrible brain freeze. I'd mow through so many ices. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's like long-term effects of brain freeze. 
Right. They got a blue raspberry one too. That was delicious. Yeah. But I will. Uh, yeah. I, I can't get away from the cherry and the cola flavored for sure. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the two. Those are the two go-tos for sure. It looks like yeah. they sell them in like tubes now. What the hell is that? What's like that? push-ups? Yeah, kind of like those otter pops. Hey guys, they saying picks left and right over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to catch the uh, catch the styling of the uh, product. What's, what's yeah. up with these tubes? The tubes can't be as good. I just I can't believe it. I see tubes. No way. You need that little the straw with the spoon at the end Boom. in order to enjoy. It just ices. frustrates the hell out of you. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you just, just get to constantly hitting it, breaking uh-huh. breaking it up, trying to get it back on the bottom. You just somehow you've created a, a hole where nothing's there at the bottom of the straw. And low-key best part about the ICs is the, the hole at the top that they just kind of loops out of at the top. Mm-hmm. I don't know yep. why that's so special to me, but it is. <laughs> well, it's, you know, you got that domed lid. You get that. It's like so much free icy. Yeah, sure. that's the best part is just yeah, filling it all the way up to the brim where it just swirls out the top. Get a little curly cue <laughs> at the top. Yep. Then you're... <laughs> emergency suckage <laughs> on that let's uh let's go on the kitty here <laughs> don't think this one's going to be as a popular pick but i'm going with from the actual ice cream man who played the great song driving down the street and i'm going with these ice cream bars that were in the shapes of any sort of cartoon character that had the bubble gum eyes oh the ninja turtles, ninja Usually turtles. a lot, a lot yep. of ninja turtles i've seen when i was list. looking up when i was looking up today i it was like those Powerpuff Girls were kind of the new characters they were doing with those. Sure. So, but I just something about that. I just for some reason I craved cold bubble gum as a kid. <laughs> Not sure, break your teeth. I mean, it's a really stupid thing to want to. Oh, I gotta have ice bubble gum in my ice cream. <laughs> but <laughs> I love those. Just think, must have been the uh, the character shapes got me hooked early. And anyway, good. Knew what they were doing to me. Interesting. Nice. Good pull. I didn't. I, I must not have got the uh, the bubblegum eye incarnation of it. That's uh, very interesting to me. I felt like there was there were some of them that did. Some of them not did not. But hmm. okay, I like that. Rance, what do you got for third and fourth pick? Well, I'm going with number three, kind of just back to my childhood, is the old Schwann's push up mm-hmm. mm-hmm. with the orange orange sherbet yep. or strawberry sherbet then when you got done with the very end of it you could just ram the, the you know the little plastic dome that held hold it oh, then yeah. just goes flying in the air yep <laughs> that's a little that was just a nice though. that was just a nice it's a bonus thing to do at bonus you know uh-huh. at the end when you've done hammered down a push pop they had they had a, a chocolate malt flavored mm-hmm. i remember as well though. it was very good oh I but it was I, it was no orange dreamsicle flavored though. That was no, those were the best. Man, yep. those were good. Yep. And they had to be from the Schwanz man. But, Always. But they were they were delicious. Which were, is yeah. still in uh shout out to Schwanz as well. That's still in circulation. They're just Yeah, we we talked about that in another episode, didn't we? That they're still out there. Expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> right. They need to bring back bagel dogs, and I will pay anything. I love bagel dogs. <laughs> I will pay all of the things and take them in my last pick on the frozen treats draft if it brings back bagel dogs. <laughs> Come on, Schwanz. Oh, Come on, God. Schwanz. Get with it. You know you're listening. Rands kick off the last round here. All the listeners are 
begging for you to end this. Yep. And, and my <laughs> last one, and this was at a limited time only a few years ago with Sonic. I don't even, but I, I like just, that idea. Okay. But they had a peanut butter sundae where they melted down the peanut butter like they would hot fudge. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then they would just pour it on top of the ice cream. And it mm-hmm. was just, I mean, very, very rich, but just out of this world good. I don't know why they've <laughs> never brought that back again. I don't understand it. I've been, I've, you know, every time I see one of those Sonic commercials during the summer, I think, oh, God, here Uh peanut butter blizzard or but you know sunday and it never is i mean it was just maybe it's just too good maybe it was just too good they just could never bring it back it was a shooting star i just they had this just canister of melted peanut butter and they just would pour it on top of that sunday and it mm, yeah that's that's not good it's delicious. That was that might have been when I had the first realization that I couldn't eat ice cream. I think what it was immediately following. I saw the first commercial for them to do that. And I was like, "This is this is just salt <laughs> in the wound." That's I, rude. I can't have it, and they, they just, just hurts. This great creation that I can't have now. Yeah, I hear you. I remember that. Kitty, final pick. I'm going with good old Choco Taco. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> he did it to me again. Yeah, you. I, yes. Sniping him twice. Golly. Don't be so oh, bad. Don't be so uh, good at DFA, Brian. Choco taco. <laughs> I love those choco tacos. Is there no yeah. is there not nuts in the choco taco? I thought there was. Ooh, I don't remember. Point. I don't remember nuts being in the choco taco. They're not in it. They're on it. Hold on. I think of a choco taco as the same as a Sunday cone. It's just or the it cone might. is just it might just could be, be wrong. Kind of looks like, like magic shell on top. Maybe the, like Nestle what? Crunch things. Yeah, the Nestle Crunch might be what it is, but some of them, some of those, some things, of them look like they do. Some of them look like peanuts, bro. I feel like the one I remember did not have peanuts on it. Where's I, the old, the where's Nestle the old Taco Crunch. Bell? Where's the old Taco Bell Choco See, Taco? Okay, the Taco Bell was the first time I'd ever been uh, uh, introduced to Choco Taco. Oh, this Google think. Google question says it does have nuts on top. Oh, kitty's oh, a well. maybe, But I didn't know the Taco Bell one. I didn't. I didn't know they even had a Taco. I Bell. thought they had oh, them. Yeah. yeah, they had them first. Wow, Taco Bell one has zero nuts on it. <laughs> Chocolate sauce, taco <laughs> shells, and sprinkles. Boom in your face. <laughs> Other ta- other Choco Tacos. But homemade <laughs> mini Choco Tacos recipe says peanuts and pecans and coconut. Let's not get not, weird here. Not mine. Oh, that's extreme on the Coconut is not does not belong in my Choco Taco. Well, maybe the taco mm. shell was just so good I didn't notice there were peanuts in it. I mean, there's all kinds. Of, like maybe they just Eddie Choco Tacos. Oh, yeah. All kinds oh. of different Choco or Tacos. I do like Choco Tacos. I loved them. Yeah, that was certainly on my board, too. That's uh, that's a good one. Brian, last pick. Well, I was just second line at the (laughs) the ice cream truck, and the guy just gave away his last Choco Taco. So I go up there with tears in my eyes and say, just just give me a damn crunch ice cream bar. I'll just eat that. It's a fine consolation. It's not what I wanted, but. I'll eat it and enjoy it. <laughs> just curse Kitty out. Enjoy that taco taco, you son of a bitch. He's just yelling at me from across the room. 
man. Why You're not enjoying it enough. I would like it more. You took my chocolate chip burger, and now burger. you take <laughs> taco taco. Walk up to you and slap both of them out of your hand. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's you're, not, you're not eating it fast enough to slap me out of my hands. Yep. I'll just eat my sad crunch ice cream bar. You are a fraud. <laughs> I feel like all the uh, candy bars that make the ice cream equivalents are all really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's there a fact. A, there's a good Reese's peanut butter cup frozen treat. There's an M&M ice cream bar, too. Yep. M&M one's really good. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we talk about it, my last pick is the good old-fashioned ice cream sandwich. Mm-hmm. love ice cream sandwiches yeah. i would have taken that number one overall if my heart was like really in this if my burger <laughs> was was gone i'm really glad that i got ice cream sandwich in here because it might be the messiest of all the treats mm-hmm. but it is, it is damn damn good and there's so many different variations of it very versatile yeah it's the whip yeah, merryfield of frozen treats <laughs> I kept seeing a, ne- a Neapolitan version of it out there. I never, never seen that in, in real life. I've seen it on just pictures online. <laughs> oh, we've I've had the Neapolitan versions of them very okay. frequently. My body says that I've had plenty of them, but uh, <laughs> but again, we could do this too. Keep trade cut of the Neapolitan flavors. Neapolitan's one of the worst ice creams out there. Yeah, there it is. There's the take. Yeah, it's awful. It is terrible. I agree. You guys are crazy. Which is Just give me the good flavors. I used to hate that when they have them at the at my friend's birthday parties or like at a family function. Like I ain't eating that shit. I hate Neapolitan. <laughs> That's right next to the Werther's Originals for all the other. How do I just get the chocolate out of this? Yeah, exactly. But as adults now, are you seeing the benefit of Neapolitan? Or are you still out? Nah. Hmm. I won't. Nah. Eat, I won't eat it. As a guy kick who out, likes the, I kick out vanilla of a bomb pop. You are out on all Neapolitan. Well, if you if you're going to an ice cream shop or getting ice cream, there are way better options than three average flavors. Just give me the good stuff. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's not that hot of a take to me. Hmm. Oh, Just plain Jane, plain Jane, okay. get it out. Between <laughs> that and like the Nestle Crunch bar is like the. I'm not a basic bitch, but I I do I do keep things pretty normal <laughs> that's what a neapolitan and a nestle crunch bar have in common in my mind that's you probably got a, a jar of pistachio pudding in your fridge too <laughs> I mean, I or tapioca like Ta- tapioca <laughs> crossing the line um that's gonna do it for this very long and uh a very fun episode i was very much enjoyed this episode uh as well but um, we appreciate each and every one of you joining us this week. Uh, go check us out on social media at Clearing Waivers. Uh, a lot of fun with you guys interacting with you on the Twitters and the, and the Facebook great group that we have. Um, but uh, Grants, it's great to have you back, man. Man, I love coming back. It was nice. I've missed you guys. I missed the laughs and the, the camaraderie of it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the frozen treats draft did not let down. I was really glad that we saved that, uh, especially for you. I feel, I feel like there was some, uh, there were some good ones had. in there. Yeah. 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 Yep. We, uh, we did, we did good from our standard, which is probably bad for most players, but, um, <laughs> but we're back to a regular schedule uh, following this week. So we will look forward to every Wednesday again, um, first thing in the morning, you'll be able to listen to our stupid opinions about frozen treats whenever, whenever you uh, would like. 
but uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Hopefully the Royals continue to uh, dominate the competition. <laughs> they just lost seven to six. No big deal. Um, continuing as a seven game losing streak. Now, is that where we're at? Josh, let's say in the episode, just ended. it. Okay. We're going to end it. Uh, it's over, man. Long.